Good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Michael Tolercio. I'm the intern here at Forest Hill Presbyterian Church, and I am thankful for the opportunity to be able to share with you from God's Word this morning. Let's ask for His blessing as we look at the text. God in heaven, you have given us Proverbs chapter 11 for our good, because you have not only given us this word, but you've given us this word after already creating the world that we inhabit. Thank you, Lord, that the same God over all of creation is the God who has given us these good sayings. May we understand how they help us to live rightly in this world that you've created for our good and edification and for your glory. And may we also see your Son as the one that they ultimately point to. Thank you, God, that we could have this privilege of knowing you through your Son. May we see how the Proverbs point us to him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, we're looking at Proverbs chapter 11. Let's begin in verse 1. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. The righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight, but the wicked falls by his own wickedness. The righteousness of the upright delivers them, but the treacherous are taken captive by their lust. When the wicked dies, his hope will perish, and the expectation of wealth perishes too. The righteous is delivered from trouble, and the wicked walks into it instead. With his mouth, the godless man would destroy his neighbor, but by knowledge, the righteous are delivered. When it goes well with the righteous, the city rejoices, and when the wicked perish, there are shouts of gladness. By the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted, but by the mouth of the wicked, it is overthrown. Whoever belittles his neighbor lacks sense, but a man of understanding remains silent. Whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. When there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer harm. But he who hates striking hands in pledge is secure. A gracious woman gets honor, and violent men get riches. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. The wicked earns deceptive wages, but one who sows righteousness gets a sure reward. Whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. Those of crooked heart are an abomination to the Lord, but those of blameless ways are his delight. Be assured an evil person will not go unpunished, but the offspring of the righteous will be delivered. Like a gold ring in a pig's snout is a beautiful woman without discretion. The desire of the righteous ends only in good, the expectation of the wicked and wrath. One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. 
Whoever brings blessing will be enriched, and one who waters will himself be watered. The people curse him who holds back grain, but a blessing is on the head of him who sells it. Whoever diligently seeks good seeks favor, but evil comes to him who searches for it. Whoever trusts in his riches will fall, but the righteous will flourish like a green leaf. Whoever troubles his own household will inherit the wind, and the fool will be servant to the wise of heart. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and whoever captures souls is wise. If the righteous is repaid on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner. Well, Pastor Jason, some weeks ago, began a new section in the book of Proverbs, beginning with chapter 10. And we are picking up in that same style of proverbial wisdom that chapter 10 began here in chapter 11, where we have these couplets, uh, two lines of Hebrew poetry um, that have either contrasting ideas in each of the lines or complementary ideas of some sort. And there is a reason why, though it might not be easy to tell, why the Proverbs are laid out as they are. There is some structure here, and I had looked up uh, the uh, from a commentary how the the structure uh, that Solomon used here helps to make sense of the Proverbs, but for time's sake, I think I'll forego trying to walk through the chapter in that respect and just pick out a few of the Proverbs that I find helpful and that I think can point us somewhat more clearly to Jesus. Uh, and I thought I would start with the first one because I really like this proverb. Uh, a false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. Just a couple weeks, a couple days ago, even, I was in the grocery store with my daughter and we were buying vegetables and she wanted to put, I think it was a head of lettuce or maybe some broccoli in a bag or something like that on the scale that they have there so that you can kind of figure out how much you're going to be paying. You know, you pay $1.99 a pound for uh, broccoli crowns and you can figure out how much you're going to pay. So we put the, the item on the scale and she had asked me to guess how much it was going to be and I guessed and the scale showed a bit more than what I had guessed. Um, not too much uh, more, but um, when we took the product off of the scale, we noticed that the scale didn't balance quite right. It didn't zero out. Uh, it showed a reading of about a quarter of a pound or so without anything on it. And I got to explain to my daughter that, you know, that just shows that the scale wasn't adjusted properly. And um, I don't know if she understood that, but that's fine, you know, for a, a scale out front. But if you were to take your broccoli and that you know to be, you know, about a pound and a half, let's say, and you bring it to the cashier, to the, the checkout scale and the, the one that's digital there, and it reads four pounds, um, you would be paying, you know, almost $6 more for that broccoli, let's say, um, than, you, than you owe. And if you were a little less aware, maybe you were like my daughter and not really quite able to, to make sense of all of that, you'd be, you'd be ripped off there at, at the store. If the scale is not balanced properly, and 
if the weights back then they used weights certain items to know how much something weighed they would compare it to another item that somebody was going to buy or something of that sort and that would be a similar case if that item if the standard item wasn't wasn't a proper weight uh, it would be a problem and, and the, the text says that the lord hates uh, a false balance and yet his delight is in a just weight um, it's helpful to note that that is a proverb that's written for the uh, for financial situations but not only so in fact, again, if we talked about some of the context or some of the ways that the Proverbs are arranged here, we would see that we're not talking just about monetary uh, justice here, but we're talking about more than that. Uh, we're talking about integrity uh, and um, how a person comports themselves generally. Are they righteous? Are they not righteous? And, and how they present what they know to be true to others. Um, and that's why I like this proverb in particular, because you can use this proverb uh, to remind you that we ought to be balanced in every respect when we know that that balance is required. For instance, a minister of the gospel ought to be balanced in how he presents the gospel. The scripture says elsewhere that we are to, uh, that, that ministers are to teach the whole counsel of God. We're not to leave anything out. So as we talk about Jesus, we know that Jesus is gentle and lowly, as, as the book title says, but we know that he's also uh, fierce and he calls out sin directly. So if we only present a Jesus who is gentle and lowly, but not a Jesus who is also ruling and reigning uh, and is going to descend from the clouds one day in his return to judge his enemies, um, then we're not really doing justice and to who Jesus is. And we're not, we're presenting a false balance. We're using a false weight uh, when we do that. And so we can see that we need to, uh, understand that not only is Jesus the one who would always use a just weight and a fair balance, but he is the one who we must, we must uh, present to people as he has revealed himself to be in his word. Just one application of, of chapter one, uh, chapter 11, verse one there. Uh, another proverb that I appreciate here is number four, uh, verse four, riches do not profit in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. Um, I just think of Jesus here, that Jesus had no riches, no, nowhere to lay his head, the scripture says, and yet he had righteousness in spades. He was abundantly righteous, perfectly righteous. And um, I think that's encouraging for us because whether you're wealthy or not, your riches aren't going to afford you anything in the day of wrath. Only righteousness will do the job. And for you and I, if, if we belong to Jesus, then we have reason to thank God. <laughs> because we don't need riches. We don't need to be financially well off. We simply need the righteousness on that final day that Jesus alone has. And we need him to cover us with it. And that's what the gospel is about. The only righteous man who ever lived, the God-man Jesus, allowing uh, granting his righteousness through his death and through the imputation of that righteousness and his resurrection and in, in the 
the sealing of the Holy Spirit that he sent down after his ascension to his people, into his people, that that's the only way that we can um, not only escape uh, that, that day of wrath, but actually be delivered from death and actually benefit through it because of Jesus, because of his righteousness. The one who had not a penny to his name had all the righteousness you and I need. One more proverb in this brief time here. Uh, number 24, I thought was interesting. Uh, one gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. I was reminded of the uh, passage later in Scripture where Jesus, after just after telling, uh, just just after telling a parable, he he makes the uh, point in Luke nineteen verse twenty six. I tell you that to everyone who has, more will be given, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. I found it especially interesting that that. Uh, that parable comes right after the occasion in which Jesus meets Zacchaeus, or Zacchaeus meets Jesus, if we want to say it that way. Jesus, who has just shown up to this tax collector uh, who had made himself rich and seemed to have everything because of his wealth, uh, Jesus makes himself known to Zacchaeus and calls Zacchaeus by name and invites himself over to Zacchaeus's house uh, Amazingly, Jesus goes out of his way to just uh, impose on Zacchaeus, and it's actually what what sets Zacchaeus free, what actually gives Zacchaeus uh, everything, because it wasn't until that moment that Jesus imposes upon Zacchaeus for Zacchaeus' own good that Zacchaeus really has anything at all. He doesn't really have anything, even though he has all of those riches. And what does he immediately do in Luke 19, 1-10, is he gives away half of his wealth to uh, basically as a form of charity right away. And then after he gives away half of what he owns, he then promises out of what remains, half of what he owns, he promises to then pay back fourfold what he might have defrauded from others. See, Zacchaeus gives away what he has only after he first gets everything from Jesus. And he doesn't, he's not getting more wealth from Jesus. He's actually giving away his wealth in that moment. Uh, but it's because he's encountered Jesus and he's inherited everything by believing in Jesus. Jesus says at the end of Luke 19, uh, 1 to 10, where, where his encounter with Zacchaeus, he, where, his, where he encounters Zacchaeus, Jesus says, um, Today salvation has come to this house. For he too is a son of Abraham, which is a shorthand way of Jesus, in which Jesus says that he too is, has the faith of Abraham. He has the faith in the, in the one who Abraham ultimately had faith in, the God who reveals himself in, in, in Jesus. Uh, and so um, what's amazing there is just that Zacchaeus had this experience of, uh, like, like the proverb says, um, 24, one who gives freely yet grows all the richer. One gives freely yet grows all the richer. Zacchaeus gives what he has freely 
and is growing all the richer as he is interacting with Jesus and experiencing the joy of now belonging to him through faith. Uh, I pray that we would as well. Let, let's ask the Lord that we would experience that uh, same sense of security in Jesus uh, as we have everything in him so that we could give freely and in that way grow all the, grow all the richer in our relationship with the Lord. Father, we pray that that would be the case today and that we would uh, just desire uh, to give of our resources in as much as we experience the joy that comes from belonging to you. And as we give, that we would experience that greater rich, the greater riches that come from belonging to you, that we would hate false scales and false balances, that we would present your gospel uh, clearly and in a balanced way, and that we would rejoice that we and all of those who trust in you can escape the wrath, your wrath, your right wrath, your righteous wrath, uh, because of the righteousness of Jesus transferred to us. Thank you for this gift. We pray we would uh, draw from it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm thankful that you've taken some time out uh, to hear from Proverbs 11 with me today. I pray that you'd have a blessed day. Take care.